This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. Take your seat in history at ANZ Stadium, Sydney on Sunday, October 2. Head to nrl.com slash tickets now. And tonight on the Rush Hour, it's Rabs and Maroon. Rabs will take a look at this big game tomorrow night at Belmore Sports Ground, the traditional home of the Doggies. James Roberts' punishment has come down. We'll discuss that as well and talk about Corey Norman's new deal at Parramatta. It's all coming up real soon, right here on the Rush Hour. Welcome to the Rush Hour. Rush Hour on the Triple M Network. We welcome on a Wednesday night the great Ray, the great Ray Rabs Warren. How are you, Rabby? Well, you got it right the first time. Uh, the Gray, the Gray Ray Warren for sure. <laughs> Maroon, how are you, mate? Mate, I'm fantastic. Getting down to the business end of the rugby league season. I'm really uh, looking forward to this game tomorrow night. The doggies at Belmore. Yeah, so am I. People probably don't realise that they have played there. These two clubs three times. Mm. The last time they played there was 1997. But it's a very, very important weekend. Both Thursday and Friday night, uh, you've got two matches that sort of will, I think, show us exactly who's going to make the top four and who's not. Okay, Uh, and some pretty wild weather in Sydney. Uh, Tristan Myers from the Sky News Weather Channel joins us just to sort all this out. Hello, Tristan. Hi, how are you guys going today? Fantastic, mate. Oh, we we live in the Sydney, the city of Sydney. Obviously, I live on the coast here, where it's been pouring rain. My little uh, my little um, miniature fox terrier has been looking at the security door, like, "What's doing? Is this ever going to end?" And is that that's the big question, I guess. Yeah, it really feels like we've had a lot of this this winter. It's certainly been true, but uh, you should be advised there is a severe weather warning in place for that part of Sydney. In fact, eastern parts of Sydney, as well as parts of the Hunter Forecast District, and that generally extends across the central coast area. And it's for heavy rainfall. We're seeing a trough and a low-pressure system develop off the coast of Sydney, and it's sending heavy rain on shore. So basically we're going to see the heaviest rain from about now until tomorrow morning with heavy rain developing overnight. We could see totals in excess of 100 millimetres across the coast of uh, Sydney, uh, while lighter totals grading further west. Now, to put that in perspective, the average for the entire month of August for Sydney is 80 millimetres. So we're mm. looking at seeing the entire average rainfall fall within the next 24 hours. How far will it extend inland? Can you tell us, Tristan? Are you able to determine that? Yeah, absolutely. So, look, this heavy rain, the severe weather warning isn't for western parts of the basin, but they have picked up some considerable totals so far. Uh, For instance, just across the basin, we're seeing widespread totals in excess of 25 millimetres. Merrickville itself picking up over 27 millimetres since 9 a.m. this morning. So the entire basin's fairly wet, and in fact, it extends further inland than that although lighter totals to the west of the divide for the most part. The coastal areas are the ones that are going to be most impacted. And Yeah, well, it's most, it's most important that you're, you're able to be accurate about this because of Maroon's fox terrier <laughs> and the concern that he's got for all of this. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I see concern. this as this is of national importance. <laughs> uh, I mean, how accurate are you? Maroon, as pointed out, he lives on the coast. Yeah. Uh, and the fox terrier is very concerned. Well, he, the thing is, Rabs, he, he hates rain, but he loves the beach. Just quickly, Tristan, before you go, our listeners through Triple M Brizzy, what can they expect? So for Brisbane, they've already had some pretty considerable totals to 9 a, from 9 a.m. this morning. However, the worst of the weather is now over. We'll still see patchy rain continuing on to this evening. However, it will get gradually lighter and clearer on tomorrow. Tristan Myers from Sky News Weather Channel. Thanks for that, mate. So whatever you do, make sure you're safe in the weather. Rush hour on Triple M. Plenty of NRL to talk about. Corey Norman's new deal with Parramatta. James Roberts' fine has come down. Jared Hayne talking about Jesus. 
and a bit of rugby too with Matty Burke. All on the way on the Rush Hour. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. Take your seat in history at ANZ Stadium, Sydney on Sunday, October 2. Head to nrl.com slash tickets now. And this is the Rush Hour on Triple M Rabs and Maroon tonight. Be a part of history at this year's NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. ANZ Stadium, of course, in Sydney, Sunday, October 2. And if you want to get tickets, head to nrl.com forward slash tickets. Do it now if you haven't been to a grand final. Oh, what an experience. And time for Rabs and I to talk a little bit of uh, rugby league. And uh, I guess, um, Rabs, finally a little bit of good news for Parramatta with Corey Norman agreeing to a deal for three years worth about $2.2 million. And by geez, they pay him a lot of money these days, don't they? Yeah, um, this is uh, pretty much what you'd expect to get, though. I, I think if you're in the the grade that Corey Norman is, and, and he's really stamped himself as a, a seven or a six of great authority, he's he's a man of wonderful talents. He's certainly got some work to do with what he does off the field. I understand that, and there'll probably be criticism of Parramatta for uh, paying so much money for somebody that has let them down badly. But at the end of the day, he is a class act, uh, and he's commanding of $2.2 million if the club is confident that they can get good value off the bloke, off the field in particular. I don't think there's a worry about on the field. It's off the field the Parramatta's got the problem. Rabs, and I suppose in the short term we wonder about if he plays at six, who plays at seven with him? But if they can hang on... No, I think he'll he'll play at seven. Okay. He'll play seven and, and if they don't find somebody... and I mean, number sevens don't fall out of the sky. But Gutherson will come into six. He's handling the job well now. So that won't be a problem. Corey will play seven, I would imagine. Gutherson will play six. But I know that Brad Arthur has a long-term desire to grab himself a very good number seven. And there's a heap of them coming off contract at the end of 2017. Yeah, there absolutely is, isn't there? There's about ten. You've got uh, Josh Reynolds, Jack Bird. You've even got uh, young Adam Reynolds, Gareth Widdop. Mitch Moses and Luke Brooks, who are on short-term deals with the with the Tigers. So I suppose, Rebs, provided they can get their act together, the Eels, they'll, they'll, they might nab one of those. Yeah, yeah, there's a chance that that's going to happen because I, I also know that Michael Gordon's going to the Roosters next mm. year and Brad Arthur, I'm sure, wants to put Gutherson back to number one. And I think that would suit Clint because that's probably the position he aspired to play but he ran into a bloke called Brett Stewart over at Manly and then uh, he was superseded probably by a bloke called Tom Trebojevic. So Gutherson is a number one in waiting. So the plan, I I think, is going to be next year, it'll be Norman and Gutherson, unless a number seven falls out of the sky. Mm. I mean, Benji Marshall, his name might come into calculations if they can get him on a one-year deal for not a lot of money. Yeah. Mate, what about this uh, James Roberts news? Now, he's been fined 20 grand and he's been ordered to follow a personal development plan to save his career at the Broncos. Now, just on James himself, this is his fourth NRL club. He's been sacked from two previous... See, the thing that interests me, Rabs, is if if the Broncos moved him on, how quickly another team is ready to take these kids on with the track record that they've got. How on earth are they ever going to learn? Yeah, that's exactly the point. I mean, go down to Canberra and have a half an hour with Don Ferner. Have a look what Canberra's done under Don Ferner. They got rid of Carney, they got rid of Dugan, they got rid of Ferguson. I got nothing against any one of the three. Everybody's entitled to be rehabilitated. But Canberra did the hard yakka. 
the league did basically nothing. I think they might have decided at one stage to deregister Carney and then they allowed him to play football at Atherton. But at the end of the day, I still think the league has to step in with these problem children, and that's what they are. They're problem children. The league has to step up and take control of the whole issue. We can't have Canberra trying to do something to protect themselves, the sponsors and the game, if the league aren't going to take part. Oh, 100%, mate. And uh, in other NRL news today, Matt Gillett. Now, we heard, first of all, it might be Manly, that one of the services of Matty Gillett. Now we're hearing it might be the New Zealand Warriors. So I might be making the transition across the ditch um, over Likely there. Likely or unlikely? Um, in between. I know it's been an ongoing thing and I hope I can stay here and um, things work out that way, but if not, um, yeah, it's got to move on. Now apparently uh, he's prepared to take considerably less money not to, and considerably a lot less money to not have to relocate his family out of Brisbane because obviously they're, they're right at home there, his young family. But it's amazing uh, with the Warriors' rabs over the last couple of years. If you look at their recruiting, obviously Isaac Luke and obviously Roger Tuavasa-Shek, but... I mean, they, they've got Ryan Hoffman. They've got a, a really strong back row already. And by geez, this Matt Gillett, he'd make a nice uh, addition, wouldn't he? No doubt about it. He, he's probably one of the the best players in the game today, Matt Gillett. I, I, I know he doesn't bring people to their feet and, and, and roar as he skirts the sideline and and does a semi-radradra or whatever. But he's he's probably one of the most valuable players in the game. And you're right about the Warriors. Uh, Tuovasashek, uh, Isaac Luke, Sean Johnson would not be playing for nothing. Mm. Kieran Foran, he's been mentioned. Yep. Ryan Hoffman's there. Now you're talking Matt Gillett. Is it any wonder that the blokes around the bar tonight are saying, well, how the bloody hell are the Warriors <laughs> going to do that? Absolutely. Dead Set Legends, Rabs and Maroon on Triple M. We're back with more right after this. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. Take your seat in history at ANZ Stadium, Sydney on Sunday, October 2. Head to nrl.com slash tickets now. And welcome back to the Rush Hour. When we talk NRL, we do it for totally workwear. They don't just do workwear. They also have a great range of hospitality gear. Find your local store at totallyworkwear.com.au. Now, Rabs, Jared Hayne was trying to make a point about the media blowing stories out of proportion, um, but the way he went about it was a little strange. Have a listen to this audio. Everyone hated Jesus, so, you know, you got to put that in perspective as well and, and realise, you know, how much he kind of stood up and just was still him. You kind of got to pull your head in when you're worrying about a piece of paper or an article. Yeah, my question is, I mean, I've been following rugby league for a long, long time. Who did Jesus play for, Rabs, is what I'm asking. I, I think he played fullback for Jerusalem <laughs> at, at one stage. But I, I just listened to I mean, Jared Jared is a believer. Um, there's no doubt about that. He's a Christian, um, and he, I believe, goes to church a lot. But I didn't know that, that everybody hated Jesus. I know he had his, he had his detractors, yeah. but... I mean, around the table, there were 12 disciples. I think there was a question mark on Judas. <laughs> but I think the other 11 were okay. Maybe that's part of Jared's, that, that might be Jared's new dream, replacing Judas um, at another Last Supper. So he makes up the 12 or 
Is it loaves and fishes? Is he going to open a seafood restaurant? <laughs> this is the Rush Hour on Triple M. Back with more right after this. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. Take your seat in history at ANZ Stadium, Sydney on Sunday, October 2. Head to nrl.com slash tickets now. This is the Rush Hour on Triple M. Matt Burke joins us very shortly to talk about the Wallabies. Right now it's time for a bit of this. Magic Glass, your premier glass replacement specialist. Magicglass.com.au Sports update. Oh yeah, all thanks to our mates at Magic Glass. Premier Mike Baird's controversial bill to ban Greyhound Racing in New South Wales was passed in the State Parliament by 48 votes to 35. Uh, Mr Baird faced the biggest rebellion in five and a half years of coalition government with three national MPs crossing the floor and two MPs vowing to abstain in the vote on his Greyhound industry ban legislation. And in Rugby League news, Benji Marshall has spoken on NRL 360 last night about being dropped for the Dragons' clash with Parramatta this weekend in place of Drew Hutchinson. Here is the audio from NRL 360. So I had a meeting with Mary on Monday and he just was straight up me and said, oh, look, I need to have a look at the future of the club yeah. and I want to play Drew this week. But he did say to me, look, if you've got a problem with that, I won't do it and I'll let you play the last two games. And I said, no, nah. because if I was in his position, I'd do the same thing. He's still giving me the opportunity to play the last game, which I'm happy about. That's the scary thing at the moment. Something that makes me a little bit nervous about the routine of not being a footballer if I have to retire, that's, that's a little bit scary. Um, I, I think I've got a lot to add, um, a lot to give still to the game. What's probably hurt me the most is I'm not a halfback, but I have the ability to play halfback. That's not my strongest position. Yep. I'm a running 5'8", there's no doubt about that. I'd love to stay in the NRL. You know, there's not a lot happening at the moment, to be honest, and you know, there's a fair chance that I might have to retire. Isn't that refreshing, though, Rabs, to hear Mary and, and, and Benji having a, an adult discussion where they both put their cards on the table and what was said was said? Yeah, uh, I suppose that's one word, refreshing, but I'm starting to wonder whether uh, we are suddenly getting into the depths of theology We've got Jared Hayne talking about Jesus. We've got Benji Marshall talking about Mary. I mean, where are we? Are we, are we at the Vatican or where are we? Anyway, no, look, I, I, think Benji, I think Benji's been very mature about the whole damn thing. And off the cuff there earlier, I, I don't have any inside information. He might fill a hole there at Parramatta. Who knows if, if they can get him at the right money. Okay, Kelly Slater has carved out another piece of surfing history, becoming only the ninth person in the 40-year history of the World Surfing Championship to post a two, uh, two 10-point rides on his way to winning the Billabong Pro in Tahiti. The 11-time world champion, Slater, also became the oldest winner of the event at 44 years of age. Good on you, Kelly. That's wonderful. This is the Rush Hour Sports Update. It's all thanks to Magic Glass. We'll talk uh, Wallabies with Matty Burke very shortly right here on Triple M. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. Take your seat in history at ANZ Stadium, Sydney on Sunday, October 2. Head to nrl.com slash tickets now. This is the Rush Hour on Triple M, the NRL Telstra Premiership grand final at ANZ Stadium Sydney. Get along if you haven't been to a grand final before. Ah, what an evening it is. Rabs and Maroon in the chair tonight for the rush hour. Time to talk a bit of rugby a Bledisloe Cup in particular with the Channel 10's Matty Burke. Uh, Berkey, welcome to the rush hour. Uh, Maroon, Rabs, how are we boys? Mate, fantastic. Well, I, well, go, on, go on Rabs. No, no, it's fine. I was just going to say we're going fine but he just insulted the newsreader about five minutes ago. <laughs> how did I do that? 
Well, you, I think you called her the oldest newsreader in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> then you tried to polish it up by saying, oh, I've known her for years. Well, she was here when Doug Mulray was around. She's been here forever, Rabs. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't say any more. You've done enough. There, Matthew, thank you for joining us. Maroon, by the way, mate. You know that, don't you? I, so watch yes, out, hey? uh, absolutely, mate. <laughs> I understand. I apologise, Sashi. Mate, I, I, I went to my first uh, rugby function. I hosted a function at the Star the other night. Yeah. Mate, what a wonderful experience. Lovely people. Lovely people. Uh, just the wrong result uh, <laughs> for the weekend. Um, look, you know, they, 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 I mean, any, any function you go to are great, whether it's, you know, rugby league, rugby union, great stories get told. Um, and you just hope that the, the weekend uh, attracts the same sort of, you know, fun, the rest of it, and, and, and contest. And unfortunately, our blokes on the weekend, that, that contest just wasn't there. They... They were outplayed. Uh, I, I don't know what was wrong with uh, with our guys, a- apart from the fact that they uh, they didn't tackle all that well. Um, our blokes seemed a bit flat uh, going into a letters like cut, which is quite bizarre because they are the the great contest. You know, Australia, New Zealand uh, at any sport, it, you got to get right up for it. Matty, can I ask you a question uh, uh, again? I I don't follow the game all that closely, but I I know the names of of McCaw and Carter. Is there a yep. chance they, uh, Australia, I mean, had a weird uh, letdown or they they felt overconfident about the situation? There's no McCaw, there's no Carter? Yeah, I mean, Rabs, that was, uh, that was something that was put forward at the end of last year. Uh, as you said, there, there were seven blokes, oh, pardon me, there was five blokes missing from that team that amounted to 700 caps, mm. uh, international caps. And, um, and everybody sort of, you know, got on a bit of a high and said, hey, maybe we're maybe we're in for a show, you know, and then Super Rugby panned out, and our blokes didn't go too well, and the New Zealand teams were flying, uh, and then all of a sudden th- this guy called Bowden Barrett uh, plays number 10 for the Hurricanes in Wellington, and uh, played the weekend, who's been, I suppose, a bit of second fiddle to Carter, Carter's the king for so many years, and he came out and absolutely blitzed it, just played outstanding rugby uh, we were just blown off the park grabs, uh, yeah, simple as simple as that Physically, our guys uh, weren't there on the weekend. And as you know, it doesn't matter what code, whether it's 13 men or 15 men, you've got to win that physical battle. And, uh, and our blokes were a bit off the pace the other night. I, I got a mate of mine who's got uh, members tickets, gold passes to ANZ Stadium. He's been going to the rugby uh, for a long, long time. He stood and turned his back on the game and walked out shortly after half time. And he, mm. he was blowing up on the telephone here to me on Monday that um, he wants to know why do they persist in kicking it to get out of inside their own 20 when, in fact, it's, it's a game of unlimited tackles. Why, why don't they ruck it more and not kick it more? And he asked me to ask you the question. Yeah, well, it's a good call, Rabs. I mean, out of your, out of your what we call our D zone, if you call it that, there's certain exit strategies if you call it that way and one of those is kicking the other one is running the ball uh, suffice to say it's unlimited tackles but unless you play the right game plan um, you know all of a sudden you can have 13 blokes lined across the field and it is there's just no room so we saw at the end of the game uh, finally our blokes sort of started to in the ruck area take it forward and, and, and pick and drive pick and drive and they actually created a little bit of momentum but all too late, uh, albeit. But, uh, you know, if your mate was frustrated, so was I. I had to try and commentate on the weekend and <laughs> somewhat keep a positive spin on it. But, 
you know, at, at 25-3 in the 35th minute, uh, I actually said, uh, you know, not to not to talk about courage uh, at all, boys, but uh, we need to do something uh, really special really soon because at the moment this is getting way out of hand. So we were all thinking the same thing as your mates on the weekend. Okay, well, you, you just asked the next question. We need to do something really, yeah. really soon. Yeah, and you know what that is? What, reckon, what do we do? Um, well, there's, there's got to be some change. I mean, it, we've only got limited personnel. Uh, you know, the All Blacks uh, have a, a plethora of players to choose from. That, that's their competitive advantage. Uh, our blokes, um, we've got um, a number of very good players, and there was a few injuries on the weekend. Uh, but the best player, no doubt, in, in the world of his outfield, the bloke who's making the most breaks and seems to be the most dangerous, is is Israel Folau, um, you know, one of your old blokes. Uh, every time he gets the ball, he's, he's electric, he's beating men. So... I think a positional change for him uh, is on the cards this weekend. He might play uh, outside centre, so number 13, just to get closer to the action, basically, uh, because the ball's not finding him at the moment and he's finding it tough to get involved in the game. So, a few, as I said, a few injuries. Matt Guido might not be there. A few other players might be switched around in the forward back, but certainly pride is on the line when they, uh, when they go to Wellington this weekend because uh, the performance, and they're smoking about it, you know, that performance on the weekend... Uh, and the criticism is is certainly a motivating factor in doing well next weekend, or this weekend, I should say. All right, Matty. Good on you, mate. Good to catch up with you, and uh, good calling on the weekend. Good on you, boys. Thanks for the chat. Good on you, mate. Matty Burke from See Channel you, 10. Joining us on the Rush Hour. We'll talk a little bit of uh, more rugby league. This game tomorrow night is going to be an absolute crackerjack. Uh, back at uh, historical uh, Belmore Sports Ground, the traditional home of the dogs. We'll talk more about that next on the Rush Hour. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. Take your seat in history at ANZ Stadium, Sydney on Sunday, October 2. Head to nrl.com slash tickets now. Sports Update. And let's get a sports update for Magic Glass. In the AFL, North Melbourne has decided not to renew the contracts of four big-name veteran players for next season. And the biggest name being 38-year-old, 427-gamer Brett Boomer Harvey, who this year broke the AFL record for most ever games played. Tim Cahill could be lining up for his first game of senior club football this evening as his Melbourne City side take on the Brisbane Strikers in the FFA Cup competition. Australian Olympic swimmers Kate and Bronnie Campbell spoke with Mel McLaughlin on Channel 7. Uh, Kate got particularly emotional when reliving her shock performance in the 100-metre final. Yeah, it's, it's a hard one because um, I, I, don't, I don't want to. I don't want to reflect on it. And I, um, every time I do, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with... Um, with embarrassment and, and shame. Um, and it was... No, Kate has nothing to be ashamed <laughs> no, of because no. she... Um, I think the problem is, is that you go out there and you do your best and you feel like you're representing a whole heap of people who have invested a lot in you. When it, when it counted, when the chips were down, that I didn't, I didn't deliver. It was, it, was, it, was, it was not what I wanted for, for myself. It's, it's not what I wanted for Australia. Oh, that's bloody sad to hear that, Rabbi. It really is, mate. You know, somebody is. Well, it there. is sad. Yeah, you, you're quite right. It, it it really, really is sad. You know, I mean, these kids, they didn't necessarily put themselves on the pedestal. We put them on the pedestal. We and the administrators around them put them on the pedestal over times that they'd recorded, championships that they'd won, five months out from the Olympic Games. 
And now, uh, let me just switch the subject away from the, the, the sadness of that interview to people like Horton, Chalmers, Esposito. They're getting off the plane and they're greeted by long faces and yeah. bottom lips hanging out and negativity. What about the kids and the team members of the Rugby Sevens and the 4x100 relay? What about them trying to, to the max, to the limit, to, to enjoy the greatest moment of their lives. They've come home to people with their bottom lips out. Yeah, absolutely. It's just amazing and totally unfair. Okay. There's that girl. She's reduced to almost nervous breakdown by the sound of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, it's just, a, you know, I mean, as Australians, we're just going to have to bloody pat them on the back and thank them for doing their best. There's little more you can do than your best, Rabs. Well, we mightn't be as good as we think we are. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, all, all the money in the world. I mean, Britain has spent something like $900 million since the London Games. Wow. OK, they, they went a bit better. But at the end of the day, can we look a little bit positive for the benefit of the Hortons, the Chalmers, the Espositos and those that did win gold medals? Absolutely. Well said. Mate, you know what they got to do, Rabs? Probably take the NRL's lead. If they've spent $900 million... In, they're going to have to introduce an Olympic salary cap, I think, Rabs. <laughs> Maroon, Maroon, I don't know that we need a salary cap. I think we need to keep spending money to give them every possible hope to be who they want to be. And that's all they went there. They wanted to be the best. They did their best, but it wasn't good enough on the day. Yeah. And everybody's been misled by all these forecasts and predictions laid down by administrators, coaches and media. Rush Hour on Triple M. Thank you, Rabbits. We'll be back to wrap things up a little closer to home tomorrow night's uh, massive clash. Dogs and Cowboys at Belmore. You can catch it all here on Triple M or, of course, at Channel 9 Network. Back to wrap things up right after this. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. Take your seat in history at ANZ Stadium, Sydney on Sunday, October 2. Head to nrl.com slash tickets now. This is the Rush Hour on Triple M, Rabs and Maroon. And when we talk rugby league, we do it for totally workwear. They don't just do workwear. They also have a great range of hospitality uh, gear, which is wonderful. Find your local store at totallyworkwear.com.au. Rabs, before we uh, uh, depart uh, this massive game tomorrow night, we'll get oh, it on please the... Don't, please, Maroon, could you use another expression? I'm <laughs> a hypochondriac <laughs> and you're talking about departure. I'm not ready for departure. Mate, we're not ready for you to depart. Depart. We want another 10 years out of you calling footy at, at the very least. But this Let's is... get on with it. The wife's got dinner ready. Okay, what are you having, by the way? Having curry chicken. Beautiful. We're having pad thai. I went down, went down today, Maroon. I went to the supermarket. She sent me down to buy some lovely legs. Oh, yeah. Uh, chicken legs. Curry she chicken legs. They're, they're, yeah, lovely legs, they're cool. Mm. They look good. They look good. Beautiful. Well, mate, Where I'll, are we going here now? Okay, well, let's just wrap up things with this game. Dogs and Cowboys tomorrow night at Belmore Sports Ground. Yeah. always uh, brings up memories of being a kid. Uh, Peter Casillas <laughs> and Turvey Mortimer and George Paponis. The old Belmore Jeff Sports. Robinson. Robbo, yeah. yeah. Great yeah. days, mate. Um, yeah, no, they were. They were. And the, the train going along that uh, northern end of the ground, you know, it's, it, it's a walk back in, into the past for all of us tomorrow night. Yeah. But, um, look, it's, it's a game of great importance. What, what more can I say? If Canterbury win, and I'll try and boil it down, if Canterbury win, the Cowboys can't make the top four. If the Cowboys win, then they'd be in the driver's seat to take fourth ahead of Brisbane and Canterbury. Mm. Keep in mind, in the final weekend, Brisbane are at home to the Roosters, 
The Cows are at home to the Titans. Wow. And Canterbury are at home, if you like. The match will be at ANZ to South Sydney. So let's give them all two points next weekend. Um, and that's where the points differential will come in if the Titans need to rely... Uh, not the Titans, if the Cowboys need to rely on points differential, they'll bolt in. So it's all about Canterbury, you win. The Cowboys can't make the four. Cowboys, you win. You're in the driver's seat to go into the top four. And all the, the just the recipe here, uh, Rabs, for it really is just a... Uh, uh, an early semi-final, isn't it? Tolman, Graham, Jackson, oh, V, Taumalolo, Scott, Tummer. Do, do you have someone who you favour here, Rabs? Not really. It, it's hard. It's it's sort of hard to get a fix on all of this because Canterbury, uh, they've been winning. They've been winning some matches. They got beaten last weekend, but you know a lot of people will get beaten by Brisbane at Suncorp. But the last time they played the Cows, they got beaten 36 blot. Yeah. Mm, mm. And, and here's a match at Belmore Sports Ground. It, it's no use talking about, oh, they've played three times and Canterbury have won two of the three. It, that, that's, that's a load of crap. I mean, they, <laughs> they, haven't, played, they haven't played there since 1997. Mm. To be honest with you, mate, I don't know, but I'm just trying to simplify it for the Bulldogs fans and the Cowboys fans. Canterbury, you win. The Cows are out of the top four. And if the Cows win, they'll be in the driver's seat to go into the four in front of Brisbane and Canterbury, given, as I said, that each of these teams, Brisbane, Cows and and Canterbury, have all got home games against opposition they should should be favoured to beat next weekend. All right, mate. Well, you go and enjoy the curry chicken. (laughs) It's the lovely legs. Always an absolute pleasure to uh, work with you and catch up with you and good calling across the weekend. Thank you, mate. I'll see you soon. Okay, mate. Rush Hour, Triple M. This Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final. Take your seat in history at ANZ Stadium, Sydney on Sunday, October 2. Head to nrl.com slash tickets now.